Hello and welcome to episode three of the Subwave Network podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Lou. And today, as we continue our season of first, we move on to the modern era of Doctor Who as we discuss Christopher Eccleston's ninth Doctor in Rose. Oh, wait, there, there appears to be another transmission joining the network. Hello, Subwave Network. I'm Sumner Lewis. Hello, Sumner. Guys, we are joined for our ninth Doctor discussion by friend of the podcast, Sumner Lewis. So, welcome to the podcast, Sumner. And why don't you kick us off by telling you a bit about your relationship with Doctor Who, and if you can remember, when did you first see Rose? I think Rose was the very first episode of Doctor Who that I ever saw, because Doctor Who hit America a little bit later than it did in England, obviously. And I was probably 12 when I saw it for the very first time. I got into it most likely because of Tumblr. Um, I was a super hulot back in the day. And definitely still now, because I like all of them. I'm just not a super hulot in the real sense of the word. And I love Doctor Who. Amazing, as as do we all. Otherwise, um, you know, we, we wouldn't be on a Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> I think I didn't see this until, like, I I started Doctor Who really with Matt Smith. And so I don't think I went back and watched The Ninth Doctor until the end of Series 5. Um, Lou, I don't know if you can remember when you first uh, saw this episode. Um, I remember re-watching it because I was really young when the show was airing. And as I said in Introducing Me, Introducing You, my dad had watched it with me from a really young age. So I do remember watching it over like the years multiple times. I can't remember the first time, but I remember it was like probably 2008, 2009 that when I first started actually understanding the episode. Cool, cool. And Rose which, of course, as we all know, was broadcast on the 26th of March, 2005. It was the return to our TV screens of this great show, Doctor Who, helmed by Russell T. Davis, who brought the show back, director Keith Boak. And, you know, it, it, the show is back with a bang. We're, like, re-watching this now, the, the first thing for me is, is a... Th- is a thing which I noted several times throughout the episode. The first thing I think of when I start watching this is it's Murray Gold's music. Oh, that is amazing. It, 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 it really, it pulls you in straight off the bat. And, you know, as, as Doctor Who has always been, we see the show through the eyes of the companion. So you meet Rose, you spend the first five minutes with Rose and you meet Jackie and Mickey, and it's you know it's it's five and a half minutes before the fateful line of the Ninth Doctor, run. I love how that was the first word he said. I found it to be really interesting rewatching it. How the episode mainly focused on Rose and not the Doctor. I just didn't remember that, but it was the greatest way to reintroduce the show to everyone. It it really was because you you learn about the doctor as rose does that's you know because this this had the job of getting fans who had watched the show pre um wilderness years it had the job of trying to get a whole new group of fans in as well and so there was all of these people that didn't know who who this new doctor was 
and so you you learn about him as as rose does you know and he's 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 got a bit of a rougher edge he he's a modern doctor he walks around in a t-shirt and a leather jacket and i i just i love christopher eccleston's performance like in this and the whole of of series one his performance really stands out especially as the ninth doctor because he's coming off of the time war a hundred percent the the whole you know russell c davis idea to say no we're we're just gonna like write out the time lords and the daleks in this thing called the time war which like we get drip fed throughout his era you know culminating with Stephen moffat writing day of the doctor and we get to see the time war and we get to live in it and i mean all i can say is fantastic (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to add to um the whole like talking about how we see it through the companion sides it kind of reflects on the very first episode of the show how like as we spoke about in hartnell's episode we watch as the companions learn and establish like who the doctor is and it's kind of like a reflection on that yeah a hundred percent and like you know rose rose is our viewpoint character rose is the name of the episode i do just have one question about rose now i i really enjoy billy piper as rose especially in series one you know she she does show you know glimpses of intelligence but when Mickey gets replaced with an Auton, I still don't understand how she doesn't realise. Neither do I. I mean, the fact that he just constantly repeated pizza. Pa, 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 pizza. pizza. Like, surely that would have been a warning sign. And the fact that he just looks stiff and his skin looks clearer, he looks, he, he looks flourishing. Like, surely you would have noticed. He looks exactly like a Barbie. He, you know, he does. He does. And, like, Noel Clark does a fantastic job. I, when I think of Mickey, I think of, like, his character development. Like, RTD does so much over his era of the show of developing Mickey as a character. You know, when you think of where he ends off at the end of the RTD era, he's come so far from being this you know, little puppy essentially clinging to Rose, like, at the end of this episode. He does evolve into a badass. I will give you that. But Mickey is a wishy-washy companion to me. Sometimes I like him, most of the times I don't. Just because the relationship between him and Nine isn't the best relationship. Whereas Nine it, and Rose is what you're there for. It it, it really is. That for me there isn't a the, the the dynamic of Nine and Rose like it's my favorite Rose and Doctor uh, like duo. Like yeah. I prefer Nine and Rose to Ten and Rose. I will say that now. But and it's not until I, I it's not until you know you get Captain Jack halfway through the series that there is a character that that you know turns that duo into a trio that like i really buy as a as a trio yes mickey is very much just the third wheel not on equal footing with rose and the doctor yes i feel like mickey as a character was kind of just like 
they needed him there at the start as a story arc for Rose. Yeah, it, it needed to be something for for Rose to have connecting her to home and then something for her then to then decide to leave at the end. Yeah. It's, now it's like Yeah, now gone. <laughs> it's like you you know when um a show starts and you have like, you always have that weak character that's meant to be the background character but then ends up shining like a star. I, I yes. feel like to me that's what Mickey is because I I personally love Mickey as a character. I relate to him on a spiritual level. <laughs> Mickey is great, and like I'd I'd love Noel Clark not just in this, but in you know things he's gone on to do after. And if Mickey is the you know weaker link of the episode, we're also introduced to a character who I know is a big favorite amongst the three of us, and that is Jackie Tyler. Yes. And, you know, I I just like, you know, this conversation to turn into the the portrayal of Jackie Tyler in this episode is is just marvellous. I love the fact that we just, right off the bat, she starts flirting with the Doctor and the Doctor's just like, no. Like, I I love that scene so much, but also, like, Jackie across the whole series is just amazing. Even when she was with Ten, she was definitely a strong point during that era for me. She's a great person and even better comedic relief. Yes, 100%. And yeah, she she has some great relationships with the Ninth and the Tenth Doctor that even I'm thinking now to the beginning of uh, Doomsday, I think it is, when she ends up with the Tenth Doctor in Torchwood and the way that the two play off against each other is is just it's so great. The only thing I can think of right now um, is just Jackie sitting in the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> and also the fact that, you know, a thing that we will get onto when we discuss the 10th Doctor's first episode, Jackie, in, in my opinion, kind of saves the day in the Christmas invasion. Because it's her tea that wakes up the Tenth Doctor. True. You know, jumping ahead to an episode we are going to discuss in a couple of weeks. But I just want to throw that out there, a point that we will return to. Um, But, you know, every great hero is only as strong as their villain. And we get a throwback, a classic villain in the Autons led by the nesting consciousness in this. And I thought it was a really interesting decision by RCD to bring back a classic monster. Like, I don't know if either of you knew much about the Autons before you watched this this episode. I know I didn't. Very faint I, knowledge. Like, very, very faint. I, I do look at shop window dummies. Like, I take a second glance at them uh, after seeing this episode. I don't. I, I'm just always been weird. I, I'm just ready for it. Like if they want to like break the window and grab me, I'm I'm prepared. Like I always carry my Sonic, or I can just lob my thirteen doll at them. I've won the ways on me at any time, so I, I think I'm prepared. It it's something that Stephen Moffat gets praised for a lot, but Russell T Davis did this as well, making the normal and the mundane scary. Yes. Yes. You know, I know that the Autons were not his creation, but 
that when I go back and I watch the Autons in the classic series, they they don't scare me in quite the same way that they do in the new series. Yeah. When you know, even when you watch them coming after Rose at the very beginning of this episode, like there there is there is genuine fear. Like I I know that Rose is gonna get out of there, but you know, you you find out that the Autons did kill someone. <laughs> And they do kill people in this episode. They kill Clive. And Wilson. And Wilson. I, I, I want to take this moment, since we've brought them up, to talk about Clive. Oh, definitely. There was um, a revelation that I found when there was one of the lockdown tweet-alongs. Um, again, shout out to Emily Cook for these lockdown tweet-alongs, which, when you hear this episode, will be long gone. Um, we are, th- But they are so great and one of the revelations that i found reading russell's tweets about this episode in the scene where clive is showing rose pictures of the ninth doctor photoshopped into um uh, scenes throughout history um there were two points which came up one russell t davis himself is the one who did those photoshops which just shows how far the show has come since it came back. <laughs> and also that originally there were going to be pictures of past doctors in there as well. But Russell made the decision, and I think rightly, that it would have been a little bit too confusing at that point mm-hmm. to, you know, if there'd been a random image of Tom Baker or Sylvester McCoy in there as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have quite hit the right note with the new yeah, fans. Yeah, especially since like a lot of people, this is their first episode, they'll so they'll be looking and being like, what the actual hell is that man? Like, who is that? What is what? And then it'll just cause a lot of brain ache because what I enjoy about, like, when you rewatch the show, you get to relive the regeneration cycle. And it's like, if you're new to the show, you don't understand what the hell a regeneration cycle is. So it's kind of like, I'm glad he made that call and didn't shove in everyone else. Yeah, I th- I, I, I'm still of the opinion that I think he made the the right decision but now this episode is a ninth doctor special so let's spend some time and talk about nine and talk about the amazing christopher eccleston his acting is just everything to me especially the whole entire arc of nine specifically in this episode you can see him grappling with the grief of the time war and wanting to save everyone but also punish himself by being alone but even more he wants to be around people and really wants rose to come with him but he just can't fully show that and his eyes are just so telling of everything that he does especially throughout the season i mean like for me you know he 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 starts just so strong you know you have the run and then the, what's your name, Rose? Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life, <laughs> like. But you know, for me, the the moment where like, if you weren't sure before, you are sure now, is his speech about the turn of the earth. I I know it's one that everyone comments on, but I think there's a reason because it's amazing. It's, it's amazing, and you need an actor the caliber of Chris Eccleston to deliver that speech the way he does. Yeah. It's it's such a it's such a powerful speech and we do like 
the the arc of the Night Doctor is is a really interesting one because he is, as you've said, he's he's grieving from the Time War and but he isn't one hundred percent likable in everything he does. He you know he forgets about Mickey twice. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> he... forget about Mickey. <laughs> Shame <laughs> on them. <sighs> Uh, and of course, you know, but we do get some some brilliant and some, if I can bring back the word, iconic scenes, including Britney the Spears, lots of planets have a north. Okay, we have way different. Yes, um... we yes, that Brit- Britney Spears toxic is a hundred percent brilliant. Oh yes, a ballad? No way. That's the only scene that comes to my mind when I think of Eccleston that's off the bat is <laughs> toxic. I. I go straight to the. If you're, if you're an alien, why do you sound like you're from the north? Lots of planets have a north. See, I go straight to for just this once. Everyone lives. They, they, they are they are brilliant moment, and yeah, like like when I think of of the whole of the Night Doctor's era, I think of those. I think of the scene in Dalek where he first realizes it's a Dalek. And the way that Chris acts that scene and the the way that he then acts when he realises the Dalek doesn't have functional weapons. It's you know, he, he gets he gets to play off against against the Dalek there. He gets to play off against the Daleks in the series finale in such a great moment where you know he 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 chooses to be a coward a thing that's only slightly contradicted when you know the code of the doctor is supposedly uh, never cruel never cowardly but when those are the only two options what else have you got cowardly. But, you know, i don't there know are... if we could ever call the doctor cowardly i don't think so i would and i wouldn't call the doctor choosing to not blow up the daleks cowardly when we saw the fourth doctor do the exact same thing in genesis it's it's and you know and effectively the 12th doctor does a very similar thing in um magician's apprentice which is familiar with davros yeah it's you know it's it's the doctor and the daleks you know or it's a you know one one cannot live with when the other survives almost (laughs) yeah it's i just there's there's so many things i think of i I think I do think of Nine and Rose as a combination. Yeah, it's, to... it's like when I think of so, for example, like Ten got to travel with Rose, but when I think of Ten, I think of Donna or Martha. Like Rose to me works so much better with Eccleston. She really does because she's she's young and new eyes and is still learning. And as I look through my notes about this episode i i just scrolled upon some of the quotes the there's a moment where uh, rtd resisted having rose say the line doctor who which i i i feel like it, it had that been written now like she obviously would have said yeah. that you know we just get her saying doctor what was it yeah, I'm mad that the first time that we saw Doctor Who is when she was typing in the search onto Google. 
on the uh, on on the wonderful, I believe, search wise. <laughs> Because obviously the show back in those days was not going to have the rights for any proper search engine. Okay, but we do have to credit the fact that that, like the line Doctor Who was actually in the episode, even if it wasn't spoken by Rose. Yes, it it is it is there, and it's not there as a quote. It's there on a screen, which for me means that I'd still you know that there, there are so many quotes that I think of when I think of this episode um not just because I wrote them all down um in preparing to record this um including one of my favorite stupid lines the assembled hordes of Genghis Khan couldn't get through that door and believe me they've tried and I just want to see Big Finish do that story oh that would be good yes. you know that there are so many things now that I think of, like, one day, I really hope that, you know, we could get Eccleston voicing the Doctor for Big Finish. And there are just all these little stories that, you know, you, you could you could drop in. Mm-hmm. Although, do we think that that story is actually a Ninth Doctor story? Hmm. Probably yeah. not. Because he, he's, he's very near the beginning of Regen, his... Sorry regeneration yeah I, I... but he did also do the titanic oh yeah that is because they showed him in the picture yes so we know that he had some stories they had quite a few uh, JFK, he had a few titanic. but but obviously um to keep with the um <laughs> the show law he uh clearly never looked at himself in the mirror yeah so i think could it be possible that all those trips that we saw in the, um, on Clive's research was one trip in the TARDIS before, you know, going to, to the current Earth, solving all that? Like, I, I kind of feel like it would be, like, new body, let's go do this, let's go visit this, let's do this, do this. And then, like, he, he then got the call to go to Earth and, you know, the day it was filmed. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'm making any sense. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I see where you're coming, because the only other, you know, reason, if if we're believing the, the, the law of the show, which, you know, they constantly break and change, the only other option is that th- that those adventures happen in the future of this episode. But there's very few times in the Ninth Doctor's run where he is separated from Rose yeah, at all. so I kind of feel like... Yeah, and also, like, like, there could have been possible that there was a glimpse of Rose in those photos... And then that would have just broke the whole show. So I, I, I would like to um, use the headcanon yeah. of he but... went on a quick trip. By quick, I mean he time popped many times before he got, like, <laughs> got into the TARDIS to go somewhere else. But the TARDIS took him to Earth in that time. I, there I, is I, one space where he could have possibly I, I done really hope trips. I really hope you're going to say the one I'm thinking of, God. I think I am. When he runs into the TARDIS, TARDIS goes away, and then TARDIS comes back, and mm-hmm. he tells Rose. Did I mention okay. it travels yes. in time? Yeah. That, that I, I, I think we had that thought almost simultaneously. That does make sense. <laughs> then it kind of connects. It feels like it works in perfectly. It connects back Because he's traveling through time there, and staying on Earth, rather than going to different places throughout space. Yeah. 
and he made it because the doctor could have just like blinded in the background but he made himself obvious by wearing his normal clothes that he was wearing when he met rose so it kind of worked yeah, it, canon. it seems to almost mirror what the 10th doctor does with martha yes let's talk about that quickly <laughs> The excellence <laughs> of him just taking off his tie at the start of the episode and going like so, and then at the end we see him getting the box and back, no tie. He's like, what? Yes, I'm, I'm sure when we get on to, to both the 10th Doctor and Martha, we will talk at length at uh, how he used time travel for a cheap trick yes. uh, in, in introducing himself. But how great would it have been to have the ninth Doctor and Martha together? <gasps> yes. Oh my god. At least, at least he'd treat her right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very bitter at the fact that Martha got treated like this. Uh, no, it that's would have an been, point. Yeah, it would have been very interesting to see, you know, unfortunately, we only ever got one series with Christopher Eccleston. It would, be, it would have been interesting to see what he would have done in series two. Obviously, there were, you know, many conflicting reports as to why he left the show. Um, he's, you know, as the years have gone on, he is now starting to shed some light. And, you know, one possible reason uh, which he revealed recently may have been the the director of this story and of the Slytherin two-parter, which is Keith Boak. And those three episodes were the first production block. And there, there, are, there are reports which, you know, we, we, we're not going to, you know, delve on for too long. But there were reports that that he was one of the things that Chris Eccleston like really disagreed with in terms of the tone of, of the the tone that Keith Boak was setting in directing these stories. Yeah. However, I'm very happy that Christopher Eccleston was only a one season doctor because it set the phrase for the rest of the show yeah and it let us let go of someone and let someone new in the like there's a few positives of him being the uh only first season doctor because imagine if he stayed on for three like his excellent um, yeah the, like... the whole the whole show would have been different we you know we may have never have got Tennant and smith and capaldi and whittaker and yeah there there's no there's no way of knowing you know there's the there's the alleged um, series five uh, where at one point Tennant was going to stay on as the doctor and it was going to be him and Karen Gillan and Ew. who knows. Yeah, that, 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 that is a thing that is out there. I just want to quickly say, although it is sad that he only stayed on for one season, now that he has, you can all throw something at me for this statement, but it, because he stayed on for one season, we now have the perfect alignment of the 13th Doctor being on the 13th season of the show. And I just love how that works. <laughs> yes, yes, we we do now get that that to happen. But, you know, if we if we think about, like, the the Ninth Doctor's era as a whole and the, the legacy that Chris has, like, I want to ask uh, Sumner first, like, what do you think the the legacy is of of the ninth doctor's era i think his legacy is giving such a depth to the character of the doctor and also the mystery because at least for me as an american i haven't heard anything since from christopher eccleston and so he's just this great mystery that makes you want to dive deeper into the show 
It's that's yeah. I mean, I I have not seen him in tons and tons of things. I've seen him pop up in little cameo roles in TV here and there, and you know, it's only very recently when he wrote a book I, last year, I think it was, it came out um, that he's really started to open up. Um, and and start to shed light on his on his time as the doctor, but I will personally always look back fondly on his era. It you know, we only got thirteen episodes, but almost all of them are very rewatchable for me. Like you know, I will happily sit and watch the farting aliens because I think there's actually some really good bits in those episodes. <laughs> But that may be my age a little bit, you know, skewing young, younger and still being relatively young when I did see those episodes. Um, Lou, what is your um, opinion of the legacy of the Ninth Doctor? I, I personally think he set the bar so high for the show. Like, once again, watching as a young person and looking back on him now, I definitely needed to appreciate him more as a child because his role, like when you think of the doctor everyone has their own set personality like matt smith is the quirky one like powdy's the grumpy scots one like it, whenever i think of nine i think an amazing first doctor who has some really good character growth across the season and i'm i i, I don't know how to word this well <laughs> 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 I I I think I think we get we get what yeah. you're coming from. So, as we approach the end of this episode, we will roll into final thoughts. So, if there is anything else about this episode, the characters in it, the Ninth Doctor's era that you haven't yet mentioned, um, Sumner, do you want to uh, start us off there? Is there anything else that you'd like to add about this? I read once a long time ago. So I don't remember the complete validity of this, but it really speaks to Christopher Eccleston and Nine as people. That Eccleston was super sick with the flu when he was recording the, uh, I forget the name of the episode, uh, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. That he was sick with the flu and he could barely stand. And he gave an excellent performance that was just so full of hope. And that really defines the Ninth Doctor for me. He has so much hope after he did these terrible things during the Time War. And he just sets us forth the hope of the new era of Doctor Who, the show, and the fans. Bringing it generationally. Could not agree more. Lou, do you have any final thoughts for us? Um, rest in peace, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The I, I don't want to end on such a um, pernickety note, uh, but, but there is something which just popped back into... Well, there's two things that popped back into my mind, which are such small things in the episode. The first being, Clive just leaves his front door open when 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 he and rose walk in and it's his wife that then comes down the stairs and closes it and that like bugs me on this rewatch and the other thing that bugs me was i don't know if it's just a personal thing for me but 
um, Alton Mickey not taking off his massive puffer jacket in the restaurant. I still can't get over to this day. I, I can't get over to it. Like, you know, when he um, pops the champagne cork into his face, and it just, it just absorbs it. Oh, my God. It's, you know, it's that, that's, the, that's definitely the comedy uh, mm-hmm. element of it. But I will, I'll finish on a, on a more serious point about, uh, you know, the Night Doctor and his era. The first thing, it's not just the Night Doctor's era, but Murray Gold for me is synonymous with bringing back the show you know he he did the music from 2005 up until um Sagan Akinola took over with the 13th Doctor's era and in series one he didn't have the orchestra he was doing it all from his computer and there are you know his themes are so strong right from the start you know his Doctor theme his Rose theme when you know the 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 opening the opening theme the way that it's you know it has a refresh the opening titles for you know you really see the vortex and the tardis and it just it's you know that it's it's showing that doctor who is new and it's back um and another thought just popped into my head that is another one of those minor mm-hmm. thoughts Given that, you know, it was at about this point in the episode that we found this out, um, I'm just going to uh, swing on a rope because I, I actually won the bronze in uh, my under sevens uh, gymnastics um, championships. And I won the bronze. Um, which I will mention on this episode and never again. Um, <laughs> I, I don't understand what that one throwaway line was. I, I have no idea. I just couldn't not mention it when I thought of yeah, it. Yeah, it's. It makes no sense. Also, why does she have a cat flap? I'm sorry, but you can get cat flaps removed. Why does she still have one? And why was the doctor looking through it? He was tracking the arm. Yeah. Clearly. But has, did he not think to look <laughs> through does the window? Think like that. You know, he's he's not great with with people. Um I will just I will just finish um the discussion on this episode with with one word there there can only be one word fantastic fantastic yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everyone for joining us for our discussion on the ninth doctor and the episode rose next week we are traveling back into the 60s we are going to talk about the second doctor patrick yes. troughton and his bow tie yes. recorder oh, and everything else about that era through the story Power of the Daleks will be an interesting one. I'm going to tell you all now. I've never seen this story this before. This is going to be exciting. So that's going to be a fun one. I believe not all of the story actually exists in its original form as well. So this is going to be very interesting. So before we end the episode, Sumner, thank you again for joining us. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Two things. One... If anyone wants to listen to a fun podcast of me and some of my friends just sitting down talking about our lives, dating, and the weirdness that comes with being in your young 20s, listen to The Yenta List everywhere that you get your podcasts. And if you like pictures of fun landscapes, follow at Adventures with My Tevas on Instagram. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Honestly, you are You are so welcome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, listening to this. 
And until next week, this is the Subwave Network signing off. Goodbye. 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 Thanks for listening. Want to find out more about the podcast? You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash subwave network. Follow us on Twitter at subwave underscore podcast or on Instagram at subwave network.